I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League son, Andy Harrison, the loyal one, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket, And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. I don't know how many episodes it is because it seems like it's been six months since we last did one. Um, does anyone remember how to do this? Uh, well, welcome back. This is the Cow Corner Podcast's Shropshire Cricket League show. I am once joined again by the main man, Mr. Loyal, Joss Elliott. How are we, Joss? Wintering well, keeping well? Wintering well, apart from the lack of podcast. Yeah, it's all been good. Thank you. To be honest, that's probably better for your health, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, wallet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's just reminding me, we haven't ordered any food. We probably need to get that sorted in a bit. Um, talking of food, how are we, Andy? Welcome back to the podcast. Food? Mate, look at me. I'm an athlete. It's nice to be back, mate. It's been it's been far too long. I actually organised this, guys, just so you know. It, it wasn't Hurley. He's absolutely useless. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. It's been about six months at least. And I haven't really missed your face. <laughs> well, if you table. can, as you can hear in the background, Andy's phone is buzzing and uh, notifications going off left, right and centre as well. It's not really a surprise, is it? Couldn't have, could, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have been messaging everyone left, right and centre. It's uh, Love Island season, not only on ITV, but also at Kund. They're, take, they're pulling everyone for chats. And uh, talking of celebrities, we have one of our own here tonight, uh, the nicest man in Shropshire Creek. It. Shawzy Cam himself, the one and only Jimmy Shaw. I can't believe, Jimmy, it's taken us this long to get you on. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you. So, Andy, you probably know Jimmy the best out of all of us. I mean, we've played we've played a lot of midweek cricket together, Jim. We're a lot of uh, fun innings where I've just been stood at the other end trying to nick it for one so that you can get up the other end and keep bashing it. Um, but yeah, 
Beef, did you uh, did you try and tap him up for Kund at the same time as getting him on the podcast? I think he's probably the only bloke I haven't tapped up yet. Um, Can we come for a chat tonight? <laughs> yeah. <Is> that- <laughs> yeah. Definitely have a beer later, mate. Um, no, uh, I, I've known Jimmy a long time, played a lot of cricket against him, and he's a very good player, and just probably the, the biggest all-round nice bloke in Shropshire cricket. Um, everyone knows him as, I think they do know he's the nicest bloke in cricket. So it's very nice to have him here, and he's a very intelligent cricketer, and um, I'm very much looking forward to getting into his past and the, the present cricket he's playing. I've got a question, actually, Jimmy. I agree, you are one of the nicest blokes in Shropshire cricket, but you're also good mates with Owen Roberts. How, how do the two go together? Uh, so I've known Owen since uh, since about two or three years old. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, it's been a yeah, it's been a long-standing friendship. Uh, he's a super chap. Uh, unfortunately, going to be missing his stag do this year, but uh, but yeah, looking forward to the wedding. But uh, yeah, no, no, a long time. Good, good, good friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so become not not only uh, a celebrity in the Shropshire scene uh, for being the nicest man in Shropshire cricket, but also across Instagram with your infamous Shorzy cams and also pitch reports from all over the world. And our first our first question today comes from Will Cook, who says, uh, "Jimmy, have you had any contact from Sky Sports in regards to the pitch reviews? Best in the game." Thank you very much, Cookie. Unfortunately, uh, no, I haven't had the call up from Sky Sports. I'm still waiting for that uh, to come through. But uh, one day, watch this space. I mean, uh, a tipping point wasn't quite enough for us. So if we can get on Sky Sports, that would be even better. <laughs> well, I would say you're on the, in the right place, but you're probably not. <laughs> this, is probably, this is probably holding back your career, if anything, Jimmy. But um, yes, uh, Andy. I, I did tell him he should have gone on Cricket District. I was going to set him up with a, with a meeting with him, but he got stuck with us unfortunately yeah well um we have got um if anyone is interested talking of that we are helping being organize a cricket tour this this pre-season if anyone's interested coming to montenegro with uh, myself darren maddie malloy brett lee chris gale and uh, many others if people are interested uh, get in get in touch in that category, say, yeah. who's <laughs> spot the odd one out <laughs> james hill brett lee chris gale <laughs> I think it's got quite a nice ring to it early. That's <laughs> I know the others aren't quite on my level, but I thought I'd I thought I'd bring them up anyway. But um, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, if anyone is interested, get in touch. Uh, there are places on the tour. It's going to be really good. And uh, not only do you play T Twenty cricket with such cricketing legends, but also the whole idea of the cricket tour as well is that. Uh, we you basically go on the piss with them and uh, have a really good sociable week it is uh monday to friday so you don't miss any cricket season whatsoever um and yeah it's a really great opportunity to play some cricket have some fun playing against some international teams as well eastern european uh for any west ham fans there is sasa Ilich, the ex west ham player who's going to be out there as well um who apparently plays a bit turns his arm over a little bit now and um yeah there's a few more people yet to be announced as well who are going on so yeah if that is something that you'd be interested in uh let me know because uh we are going to be getting that booked sooner rather than later but yeah 
yeah, it's it's great to be back, guys. And there's uh, been a lot going on. But before we go on to that, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about yourself. So um, tell us a little bit about your cricketing history for anyone who doesn't know who you are, which no, what well, everyone knows who you are, but we'll go for it anyway. That's very kind, Hurley. So uh, so my cricketing career started at Shrewsbury uh, under Snicker Dawson. So I played in the fourth eleven there, played there for a couple of years, and I absolutely loved it. And it was great grounding uh, across all different sports for me, really, to actually see how men's cricket was played. So I think I made my debut there uh, when I was about 12 or 13, uh, when I was playing uh, junior county cricket. So it was a really nice, really nice way to actually start my cricket career. Uh, my dad played at Rockster, uh, and he keeps talking about that he's going to make a comeback this year. Uh, but but whether we'll see that or not, that's uh, that's another conversation. From there, I moved on to Bridge North Cricket Club and I played uh, second 11 there with some great, great lads. Matt Martin, who's now first team captain at Bridge North, trying to take over uh, Sam Whitney's leg spinning uh, career. But uh, unfortunately, he uh, he pit me there. Uh, and then one, once I finished there, I, I had a little stint for, for two or three matches at, at, at the time Grove Cricket Club with, uh, with Nick Benwell. And I absolutely loved playing those two or three matches. And then uh, when I came back, I signed at Shifnal. So I had a year out in Australia, which I uh, really enjoyed playing there. So I played for a club called Parramatta uh, and filled, filled in there when uh, when I didn't have any school matches as such as a, as a gappy. And then played at Shifnal. Uh, started, I had my one game in the third 11 there. Uh, quite lucky. Dropped, uh, scored a ton early doors and then got called up to the seconds and played against Wellington and actually got to open the batter with my brother, which was one of the best experiences that I could have had. Uh, and then played there for for two three years. Got a breakthrough into the first team. Got a very lucky hundred against Bromsgrove. Uh, so I think throughout that season I scored 150 runs and I scored 125 in the one game. So <laughs> so it sort of shows that uh, that I probably wasn't quite good enough at that that level. Uh, and then uh, with with my with my work, I went down to Newbury and I played for a club, uh, Falkland Cricket Club in the Thames Valley Prem. And I absolutely loved playing down there. And then when I came back, uh, signed at Sentinel. And what a great club they've been. What a genuinely fantastic bunch of lads. And they made me feel really welcome. Play, as, as Hurley said, played a little bit at Oldbury Cricket Club midweek with Aaron Roberts. And uh, again, they've been a fantastic bunch of lads and I couldn't ask for, to, to play my cricket anywhere else. They've, they've really welcomed me and hopefully that we'll, we'll do a job this year. Um, obviously, I've got a, got a few questions for you. Um, obviously, we're moving to Sentinel. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say it now, but you're, you're skippering this year. Um, what, what, what things are you looking to improve at the club? I think recruitment-wise, the last few years, haven't really recruited a lot of players. Is there any plans in place? And how are you looking for the season? Because I know you've got some good youngsters. Yeah, we've got some excellent youngsters coming through. I think Harry Roberts and Jake Binnersley, they've been they've progressed really well. Uh Binners has, has hit me in the nets off uh, off seventeen yards. I, I was there. It <laughs> absolutely peppered him. I was like, that's your skipper, mate. What are you doing? So, so I've told Binners that it'll be in the twos this year. <laughs> um we we've tried to recruit. Um unfortunately we haven't really had that we haven't really had anyone come through this year, which is a bit of a shame. But but actually with that we've got a really good experience across the boys and so I think I think we'll continue to do well. Um, we we had an opportunity I'll probably say the last two three years to go on and win the league and um, uh, we we just lost at the key moments and I think last year finishing fifth or sixth mid table I think that was a fair reflection. I think with those juniors coming through I, I really think we can actually push and get a, a top two top two finish I think that's a realistic finish for us I, I think we really should be pushing and I think like all Premier League sides should say that they should go on and try and win the league I would love to do that with the Sentinel boys 
But um, but yeah, I, the, how the group gels, I think Mal is club captain, gels the club really well. And, and we see that from uh, now having a fourth team, fourth to, to first team. I think we've got a great club environment. Um, so, so I really do hope that, that we can push and get a top two, if not, not win the league this year. Just a couple of things. Um, firstly, there's no such thing as a lucky ton. You, you describe two of your tons as lucky. There's no such thing. Uh, secondly, when you're on about the juniors at Sentinel, they are absolutely phenomenal. I don't know what you're doing there, but they are incredible. You mentioned to them, Jake and, and Harry. Harry bowled indoor on Monday night. Three overs, two maidens, four wickets for one run, which I think are the best figures I've ever seen indoor. Indoor, that's incredible. For yeah, anyone yeah. who's never played indoor, yeah. just to you get one go maiden eight is, is ridiculous. Oh. To let alone get four. What, was he playing against you, Joss? No. All oh, right, it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, the juniors there, you've got some promise there. I think the thing that, that Sentinel does really well, they have got a great junior section and, and they do invest a lot of their own time in terms of the first team. I mean, you've got Mal that's there. George Cheshire is going to be a big loss this year. I think he's invested a lot of time and help to those uh, to those juniors. But Steve Gray, how he's coordinated that, there is a great group of people. I think that says a, it's a testament to Sentinel, the amount of juniors that we have, uh, including the summer camps there as well. It is a great club and, and we are seeing those juniors come through and especially with that Sunday team, the uh, the third eleven as well, these kids are getting the opportunity to play. And, and I think that's the big thing for all sports. If there's participation there, they're going to get the opportunities to get better. And that's and, and we're starting to see those rewards with Harry, as you said, and in, in the indoor league and, and Jake Binnersley. I think we, we've got a real good opportunity for those juniors to come through because they are given that opportunity to play. So, as Andy mentioned, uh, new clubs club captain for the first team and looking to make some recruitments in the off season. How have you found that environment, being the skipper and looking to get rec recruits into the club? Obviously, there have been some sides who have been very active. We've already mentioned one, but um, there have been other clubs who have been quite active. Um, how have you found it at Sentinel trying to get players on board? Um, we... <clears throat> Sorry, we yeah we've we've tried to recruit a couple of people and uh, unfortunately it hasn't really fallen through. I think my my biggest frustration uh, and this hasn't been a sensible problem, but you you know what it's like when you start to to get in with the leagues, uh, and it sort of follows on. I was on Twitter this morning and saw saw what Matt Swift put up, and my biggest frustration at the moment is club cricketers or just average club cricketers wanting to get paid to play just play for the love of the game and and I think that's been the one thing is that you always ask the would you like to come and play for us yeah well what are you going to pay me and, and I find that the biggest frustration just just come and play for the love of playing club cricket because that's what it is we're all giving up our Saturday to go and play anyway just enjoy it rather than asking for that whether it's 25, 50, 150 pounds a game just play the game and so I, I, I think that's sort of opened my eyes this year being asked to take on the cap scene and try and do some recruitment uh, we've had a couple of people that we've gone to and they've said we're desperate to play but unfortunately it's just not quite right at this stage and, and I completely respect that but I do think the amount of people that are asking to get paid do you know what just play yeah Joss how much were you asking for mate <laughs> free beer <laughs> yeah I, I completely agree with what you just said there i it really frustrates me sometimes because some people have have a cricket sort of career, say, where you look at them and, and, and you can just tell they're not enjoying their cricket, where I can, can vouch as somebody that's played at the clubs like Sentinel, Wem, Schiffnall, uh, and it's been, and obviously now Kund, but 
great atmospheres. I don't regret the clubs I've ever played for. I've absolutely loved it. And to think that, firstly, the pressure of being paid, you've got to perform. And it's just not enjoyable. And I'm sure teammates look at you as well and think, he's getting paid he is today. Like, what's going on? And it just frustrates me sometimes, especially with what you said. I mean, I know for a fact that people have asked numerous captains who I play for, oh, how much am I getting paid? They're not waiting to be offered. They're asking now. And it's getting to a point where it's getting quite embarrassing for me, club cricket. It's a shame. It's a massive shame. Yeah, it's a very different dynamic within a club when you've got people being paid. It just How much are you getting there? Surely you get. I get. Right. I get what I deserve. <laughs> if you got paid a pound a run though last season, mate, you'd have been all right, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. <laughs> but not yeah. in the first. <laughs> <laughs> it's why Alberbury really want to get a bar set up soon, so then he starts paying it all back to us. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's talk about recruitment, and I mean probably the the first place to start is something that I think has surprised everyone in Shropshire cricket and which has kind of had a knock-on effect in regards to absolutely everything that's happened is uh, one of the biggest names in Shropshire cricket over the last few years, Connor Glenn Denning, someone who's led the leading run scorers, someone who has had multiple opportunities to leave Cheldmarsh uh, for bigger sides and Birmingham League sides, Prem sides and had plenty of opportunity. Um, has left and he's gone to Kund, um, a side who are playing in the same division or who would have been playing in the same division as a Chelmarsh side that he had spent so much time and effort helping and getting promoted. And to the shock of quite a few people, especially given the season they had last season, Joss. And um, yeah, I, I, I will come on to Andy in a minute, as you probably know a lot more than not, than I do in, in this regard. But um, it from the outside looking in, it's a bit of a shock and a bit of a surprise, especially given how the deck of cards and the, the everything's just kind of crumbled at Chelmarsh. And it's it's actually quite sad to see, isn't it? How like how the loss of one player can kind of affect a, a, a club in such a dramatic way. It's always sad to see a team uh, struggle like that, you know, dropping six divisions of, of their own decision. Uh, I'm sure Andy's a lot closer to this than I am, but I, I'll... I'll say my tuppence worth. I'm not going to get involved with what happened there. I'm sure there's some things that we shouldn't talk about. So whatever's happened has happened. Good luck to Connor at Kund. Um, I will make the joke that we've, we've always called them a one-man team and he left and they've crumbled. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I'm going to say no more. Um, I like Connor. He's a very good cricketer. I think he'll do very well at Kund. Um, they've signed very well. It's, as I say, it's just a shame that now they're in Division 7, dropped six divisions. Uh, well, would have been six because they'd been Div 1. Um, I, hope, I hope they regroup and, and make their way out of it, just fight their way out of it. Yeah, especially given how good a season they had last season. They absolutely blitzed Division 2, were quite clearly the best team and also looked so much stronger than the last time they were in Division 1 as well. Everything was looking up and looking like they could be a team that was that we was pushing forwards. We did their president's day and they, you know, and it was a great day. Everyone was around it. So it's just, it's just sad to see a team that was on the up, you know, two, two teams and everything like that. And everything just kind of collapsed all in once. It's, it's, it's quite sad, but also it's a, it's a sign to teams and also to players to kind of how, how things can change quite quickly. And obviously we were talking to Jimmy about recruitment and things like that. And, um, yeah, um, Andy, let's uh, let's move on to you as Kunz. So from from your perspective, brought in yourself, 
uh, bought in Connor, now also bought in Tom Hill, um, overseas from uh, Chelmarsh last year, who had a fantastic season, and young Harry Northcutt as well, and um, your top five, six for next season's looking very, very handy to, to the point where I guess if you're a current come player, you're going to have to really step your game up in the off season. Yeah. So um, obviously early um, getting four, uh, four players in uh, pre-season potential first team players is, is amazing. It's unheard of for, for Kund. I don't think we've ever, we've ever signed players like that. So um, it, it's really good, but uh, with what Joss has just said, yeah, it's a very, very much a shame to see what's happened at, at Chelmarsh. Obviously, uh, we've tried to sign Connor for years. We really have. I mean, obviously, me being a, a, a couldn't boy, knowing in the future I'm going to be going back. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm a bit gutted that I've just been injured over the last few, last year or so and really struggled to to prove myself in the Birmingham League any further. So, um, yeah, we've been trying for a long time. Me, Zimmer, uh, and Joe really really been going at him and it's been a bit disgruntled this year at Chelmarsh and a lot of players were leaving uh so Connor has decided to to, to join us he's he's good friends with me Zimmer uh Joe Alex Johnson uh, Ed Davis all the lads that play for grasshoppers so it's, it's a really good move for him and um I, I was a bit frustrated with some of the, the things people have said uh about his move I know he could have moved could have moved higher could have moved to any other club I'm sure other clubs would have him but um I just think it, moving from a club is very difficult, and he's come. He's come to play with his mates, and I'm, I'm really chuffed he's moved to us. I'm chuffed he's he's chose us as a club, and it's brought other players with him. Uh, his, his obviously his mate Tom Hill has come along, a uh, good young keeper from from Australia, and it's 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 just worked really well for us. So uh, yeah, we're over the moon. Yeah, and goes to the only ground that's just as small as Chelmarsh. And on that note, we do have a question in uh, to the podcast from Harry Bolland. And he says, lads, would love to know what is your favourite ground to play at in the county and why? And I'm going to say for this one, we can't pick our own clubs, uh, which for Andy kind of limits us down to like, <laughs> there's only a select few you can pick here. And but we'll start with our guest, Jimmy. Oh, thanks, Ellie. You put me on the spot now. I have to say, just uh, drop some sponsorship there. Reeking College. Uh, what a great place to play. Uh, I love love whenever we get a chance to play there. The ground is perfect. The scenery is fantastic. But in terms of a club, you can't really get better. Well, again, I've, I'm tied between two because I've been lucky to play there. Bridge North, what an absolute road to play on. And Schiffnall under Adrian Shelley. Again, what what a great place to play there. There's not one place I have to say that I go to and I think, oh, God, I've got to play there this weekend. Uh, do you know what? We really? are so lucky. Uh, uh, you obviously uh, play a good enough standard, Jimmy. That's how you there, can tell I, that. I have play to the <laughs> no, I've never played there, so I can't say. But but everywhere in the Shropshire League, I have to, well, in the Shropshire Prem, they've, they've been fantastic grounds to play. The decks have been good. And I tell you the one thing, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get some stick for this one. But I am desperate for cricket tees to come back. Wow. Now, all I have heard is Frankton cricket tees are the best, but I've never had a Frankton tee. So I can't say that is one of my favourite places to play because I haven't had it yet. That's the <laughs> Need to get yourself an Alberbury tee as well, though, mate. That's, uh, that's, where, that's where it needs to be. Uh, Joss, uh, where's your favourite cricket you're going to play outside of Alberbury? So I'm torn between two, really. I think knocking, always enjoy playing at knocking. As a batter, it's uh, generally a road, although I don't, 
got that many runs there. I should do. <laughs> uh, and when, as Jimmy said, when we had teas, they also had a very good tea. Uh, also very keen to play at Monty, which um, it's just, you know, it's a lovely ground in the middle of nowhere. Great teas as well when we had teas. Good people, Knocking and Monty, both good people. Good rivalry with Albury. So I enjoy those fixtures. I'd say those are probably my two favourite places. Andy, um, from the four that you can pick from? <laughs> uh, obviously, I've played at a lot of grounds um, and played for a lot of clubs as well, I Joss. Um, but um, we're very lucky, actually. Um, me and the likes of Yappy, uh, who play for Grasshoppers, we play Sunday friendlies pretty much everywhere. And uh, there's a ground that I've always really loved playing at. The wicket's maybe not the best. The the, the ground's quite small. Uh, but I just, I've always liked the people from there. And Fens Bank, just always like playing there. There's something about it. And uh, yeah. been to a lot of weddings at the venue. It's, it's beautiful, a little picturesque ground. Um, Duncan Wright, Mr. Faulkner, I call him. Um, who obviously passed away, didn't he, John? Mm. He passed away yeah. not, not long back. And he was playing till he was... In God, the off-season, yeah. He was in his 80s still playing, bless him. So... Um, I just just found it a lovely place to play. Really nice people, and uh, yeah, picturesque and yeah, very nice. Yeah, well done for bringing that up, Andy. And our thoughts go to everyone at Iscoid, uh, a proper Shropshire cricket legend, uh, passed away. There's been a couple as well. Um, yeah, who's um, where would I go? For? Oh, I yeah, I just Fens is really nice. I enjoy going to Fens. I enjoy going to Knocking. Um, can't really think of anything else off off the top of my head, but yeah, they're um, very very good. I would suggest where you got runs. I know it's very limited, but if you got runs somewhere, just just pick it, mate. Uh, oh, we are we are really struggling. <laughs> very true, mate. Anyone who's played with me will know that one. Um, but anyway, interesting to know which you think is the worst ground to play at, and we'll start with Andy. Oh my god, yeah, that ground is shit. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> amazing, cool. And we'll move ourselves on to <laughs> Yeah, so my next, my next question kind of goes back to the whole situation about Kunt and, um, something that I was thinking about. And Andy, how, how important is it, how important is it going to be for you this season as a senior member to, help Joe look after some of the potential disgruntled players who have been used to playing first-team cricket and having what I would say is their own way, and potentially this season, not having that. Um, there's, you know, there's been rumours previous that there have been a few players who have kind of like unsettled um, the club and in, in some ways it, throughout previous years. And um, with all these incomings, how much of a job are you going to have to take on as that senior member and as someone who people look up to in the league? Oh, well, I'm very much looking forward to it, to be honest. Um, I think, obviously, signing players it has a massive benefit, but then I, I completely agree you can disgruntle players. Um, but one thing I would say from playing against Kund and, and being brutally honest, um, Joe Joe's very brutal as a captain. He doesn't take much stick. Um but I just thought last season playing against them, I played against them uh, twice. I just, there was a lack of discipline, a lack of, I just, it's a difficult one because they're all my mates. And I like them all. And they're all, they're all great lads. Maybe a couple aren't. 
I'm taking the piss, obviously. Uh, but no, they... Uh, <laughs> He's not. They, yeah. they're, they're a great bunch of lads, and I'm really looking forward to, like, helping and um, try and help help progress these players because there is so much ability at the club. But when I played them last season twice, I thought they were absolutely embarrassing. And I, I, I'm just being brutally honest, and I, I've spoken to a few people about it and said, like, this season, with me coming back, I haven't come back to, to mess around. I've come back to progress the club and help the club because I've only got a few years left to do that. And if I can help a youngster like Harry Northcott, who signed, who's absolutely desperate to prove himself and he did ask, am I going to play in the first straight away? Well, I think he's good enough, but he's going to have to prove he's good enough. And all the players need to know that this season. It's not a given you're going to be in the first team. You've got to prove yourself. You're not scoring runs, you're in the twos. You're not taking wickets, you're in the twos. And it's not just that, it's fielding as well. And I'm going to hopefully bring the Birmingham League mentality of playing good cricket on a Saturday into couldn't and I know it won't be as good the quality ain't going to be there as as it would be in that league but these lads can progress because some of these lads they can move on and do what I've done go and play in the Birmingham League it's great you've played it Shorey it's great standard of cricket it's brilliant but you want these lads to prove themselves and develop and get better I haven't seen them get better in the last few years I haven't got worse they haven't got better but hopefully these lads coming in as well will just give them a little boost a little push to progress themselves and there's definitely players in there 100% who would you who would you pick out on the pod now as players who you would be looking to target as players who have got the potential to grow into better players who are you going to be looking to get more out of this season I think there's people like Gabriel Williams who maybe his attitude is a little bit he's, he's very raw uh, likes the band to likes a bit of fun but unfortunately like gets to 20 looking good and then gets out you know Someone like him that knows he's got he's good enough, but you've got to prove it on a Saturday. People like young um, young Owen opening the bowling. He's he's got pace, he's got ability, but you've got to learn discipline as a bowler. Like sometimes you've got to be boring. You can't t- you can bowl a wicket taking ball every ball. You've got to work a batsman out. There's there's so many things in there that I've I've seen from from these players that can be worked on and you can progress them. But they, they do need to step up this year because at the end of the day, if we want to go up, you do it as 11 players. You don't go up with, you don't have Zimmer and go, oh, Zimmer's going to score 900 runs this season. He's going to win you the league. It doesn't work like that. You need 11 players. But do you think on that though, Andy, that, that you have now got the squad to go up? Is that when you sat down with Yappy at the start of the season, right? These are the, the players that we've identified that are going to win the league. My question then, are you going to win the league? I've come back to try and, progress the club and go up. Yeah, 100% we want to win the league. But I said to Joey a few weeks back, I said, the lads that are going to win us the league aren't necessarily myself, Connor Glendening, Zimmer, Joe. They're the the five other players who have been at the club the last few years and need to progress. And if they all have good seasons and we have good seasons, we can go up. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I was going to say, actually. I, a lot of your... Players underperformed last year massively, I think. You named a couple of them. Um, this couple, Ryan Ashton is a very good yeah. cricketer. He's not quite performing as he should. Jamie Brooks, so much talent. Gabe Williams, you said, Owen Brain. They're not quite performing as they could, I think. And with, with the influx you've had this year, and also last year, Joe was picking, I won't name it on, but people that aren't really first-team players who were struggling to get a good 11. So with these extra three, four, five players you've got, I think that will make the difference now. You won't have a weak link and it might spur those players that have been underperforming to up their game. And if they have to go down for the seconds, fair enough. Don't don't just sulk and go to another club. 
Just prove yourself. I want to be in the first. Go down to the seconds, perform, get back in the ones. That's what I need to do. The the biggest thing in it is in it all is they've got the ability, and that's what you've got to have. If you haven't got the ability, we're wasting our time. But if they have the ability, that's what we want to work on because these are the lads. When me, Zimmer, Joe are too old, these are the lads are going to take the club forward and hopefully progress the club. And even better, and you know, if they progress and go to another level of cricket and go and play for a bigger club, fair play to them. That's what you want to see. Like I want to see players players progress, not just. I mean, obviously, you, Mr. Loyal, we were, t- we were taking a piss earlier off, off air and uh, in the studio. Um, we were talking about um, the fact that I've moved around a lot of clubs, but I've always looked at it as I've always moved up. And now I'm back at Kund, and Kund's where I'm going to stay now. That's, that's me done. So, you know, that's what I want for other players as well. But in terms of your, your progression, Andy, it's great to hear that. But, but how long would you say then as, as you... How long would you stay at a club before you then move on to the, to the next club because I think that's a problem that we see at the moment you see so many junior cricketers saying oh I'm playing second team here in, in the Shropshire Premier I've got to go to one of the big clubs well, how long would you give a person of that age to say right go and prove yourself how long are you giving them is that one season I've had one season where I've scored a lot of runs or are you going to give them two or three seasons that they've actually proven to go and play that well obviously I think a lot of the players at our club I think are a long way off at the moment and they're not all youngsters as in, you know, the likes of Jacob Binnersley where, I mean, like Jacob, take for example, I think for, for Sentinel, he's got a, he's a great prospect. I mean, he's working with me at the moment and he's a lovely lad. I have a good chat about cricket all the time. Um, like, you know, you're not going to see Jake leave in the next two, three, two or three years. You want him to progress his cricket at a good level at Sentinel and, and do well. But I, I love to see players progress, but it's got to be done right, hasn't it? As you say, like, there's no point going to play for a Birmingham League club and not being good enough because you find yourself in the twos and you, you find yourself just going backwards then and, and you end up going back to the club you started at. But Yeah, and I think that's the problem that we see in terms of school cricket. You get so many students that, well, not so many students, that's the wrong thing to say, but you do get that, that lure of saying, right, you're going to go and play uh, for, for one of the Birmingham League sides and then you go and sign there and then you end up playing in the seconds or thirds. And, and I think that's one of my other frustrations. You, you, you go to these clubs thinking, I'm going to play these, this Birmingham League cricket and they're not quite at that standard and end up going back down. Uh, and I have to say, that's one thing that I've found from uh, actually playing in the Shropshire Prem is that you think, and, and, and I was naive with this one. I went to Bridge North thinking, I'm going to play Bridge North first team. And I just wasn't good enough. And, I, and I, But it's that grounding that you need to go and actually play, right, you're going to play second team cricket for this amount of time. Uh, and then you earn your spot. But I think there's that assumption at the moment that you, you sign for a club and therefore I'm good enough to play at that. Yeah. And it goes back to your point, Andy, I've got to have a good amount of matches yeah. at, at that standard to prove yourself. Oh, I was going to say, um, I completely agree with that because like you look at it, I was 32 when I moved to Wem, 32. And I played all that cricket and I still turned up in the Birmingham. Thirty-two, trust. Yeah. Now. And I still, I, I still, I still didn't, I still didn't realise. Like, I know it's. I've always known it's a good level. I actually played at Sentinel in the Birmingham League, to be fair, beforehand. But that was obviously when it was a different format. It was Division Three. Um, but to go up to the Birmingham League, I, I was still sort of in shock at thirty-two with the experience I had. How good a standard it was. So. You know, for youngsters these days, it has to be the right time. Completely agree with that. Completely agree. You have to work hard. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was, I was just going to say. Do you think that though sometimes it, 
it can be quite useful for the players to go up to these sides and then actually see, actually, this is what's required of me if I want to be playing this standard and to be around that environment of players who are playing in the Birmingham League if they are like moving to these Birmingham League sides. But that being said, I have seen some kids on the other side who have made the move to say, let's, for example, say Shrewsbury and then ended up not playing um a, a, as good a standard as they were in the previous side and then just getting kind of losing their way and kind of you know their mentality goes oh well yeah I'm not really going to make it as I thought I was going to be and then they kind of get disillusioned a little bit with cricket I think the exposure is good to it that, that you are playing against these top players but we've all been there that you go up to you go up to the standard and then you have a you bit have mate <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never got anywhere near it mate I'm good at missing straight <laughs> with ones, good reason as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that front pad of mine looks really good at the moment <laughs> more cherries than my bat Big <laughs> um, but but you do get disheartened with it though don't you you, you move up the standards and it, when you were let's say scoring those 30s or 40s every single or not every single week but every other week you then move up to the the, the higher standards and then you're not scoring those runs and and the captain or the whoever has rightly said sorry Shaws, you haven't scored the runs this week we're going to drop you down to five or six and that's a position they haven't really batted before um but but it goes back to what we were saying before go and get the ground and go and score the runs go and back yourself in the position that you bat whether you're an opening batsman go and graft out however many runs but uh, but yeah go and prove yourself before you move up to these big clubs and it takes time that like you even hear it on the telly and whatnot or on the radio. And, th- and they're always talking about, right, I need to get some grounding before you, you ne- make that next step. You're going to get that exception of wherever you go. And, and there are some fantastic young creatures. Look at Theo Wiley at the moment, what he's doing. Um, th- that's a great example. I have to say another one for me <laughs> is Matt Lamb. At, uh, I've coached him since he was, what, 14 at, at Rekin. And he's gone away and scored a, a, a minor counties 50. But he's gone there. That that's thinks so. He's gone to Shifnal. He's tried to make himself a better cricketer. And, and in my opinion, he has. But it's just making sure that you have that consistency before you make that move. I guess there's another element as well where you probably... You don't want to start making a name for yourself with other people. Because cricket clubs talk. Everyone, teammates talk. And, be, you know, and you don't want to be seen as that person who has... Yeah, well, do you want him part of your team? Because he's always looking to move and you don't, do you want that kind of name for yourself, Andy? Mm. It's very difficult actually, because there's a, there's a lot of players in Shropshire that do move around a lot, including myself. Um, but uh, it's, it's one of them. I think the, the, the progression, like, like what Shory's saying, and I completely agree with it. And I, I've got no issue with players moving to clubs um, to progress their cricket. And like, like take for example, Shory at being at Sentinel, Sentinel will be a great move for a lot of players in Shropshire before taking that step up to the Burnley, not realising the step up to, to that level. Go and play Prem cricket first. Like, I think obviously we're talking about Connor signing for us. We're obviously so over the moon with signing him. He's a fantastic player. Um, but he's a player that could quite easily, I would say, go into a Prem side without, without a doubt. He's never played that level of cricket, but we're hoping to go and progress to the Prem and then give him that exposure to the Premier League and see how he gets on. Uh, but there is a lot of players that do, they take the step up a bit too early and it does, I think it dents your cricket as well. But then you've got youngsters like you say, I mean, fear Wiley. He honestly, mate, I played, in, I played in a game at home against Dorrid and he scored 120. It was just absolutely 
ridiculous. But if Theo does listen to this, he was plum on 50. Bawley got, Bawley hit him, stoned it, and he even said after he goes, oh, it's plum there. But he got, he got a ton 27. It was phenomenal. It was so good You nicked watch. him off, Andy. That was the, hey? <laughs> I thought you nicked him off. That's what you said oh, before. Oh, God, no. God, no. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, honestly, he's, he's phenomenal, that kid. He's going to be, the, he's, hopefully he'll be the real deal. So early days, let's just hope he just keeps progressing as he is because, He's as good a youngster I've ever seen in Shropshire cricket, ever. Final one, um, because this is kind of veering on the Kund Cricket podcast at the moment rather than the uh, Cow Corner podcast. But, um, it's normally and, Albury. I know. Um, but Andy, how you, you've mentioned that all of your moves and all have been upwards. Uh, how do you think you're going to deal with making the move downwards this season, having played with you know the best of the best that there is in Shropshire with Wem, Schiffnall and having mixed it with you know the best in the Birmingham League and obviously still netting with Shropshire and now um going back to Kunz and like you said you've recruited a lot but you know how how in playing in Division One how how do you think that you're going to adjust this year? Oh, absolutely buzzing to be honest I'm I'm playing with my best friends on a Saturday um I, I think I've I've had my time and done what I can with my cricket and I've really enjoyed it every as I, say, I always say it on the podcast every club I played for I've I've absolutely loved and it's been very hard to move people think it's easy but it's not every club you move from you're moving away from friends I mean I was just saying before to Shory I'm going away with the, the the Sentinel lads to Aintree and I still keep in with all the lads the Wem boys have just been on a stag do a stag do last year with with the lads you know it it, it it's uh, there's a part of cricket that if you know you're not going to make it at, at, at county level or at high level, go and enjoy yourself. Play with your mates. Play with who you enjoy playing cricket with. There's a lot of moving around sometimes. And you look at lads, you think, you know, bloody hell. Just give it a couple of years. You make new friends. You enjoy it. I mean, I'm sure ner- you have. Are you nervous about this season? Now? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Not at all. Not just excited. All. I'm. 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 I think I'm more buzzing the fact that I could be opening the bowling one of my best mates, Alex Johnson, like we used to back in the day. Like and just, just enjoying my cricket again. It's it, it's hard because my injuries haven't helped. I'm I'm overweight. I know that. And well, you're looking really good. <laughs> I just had a crap before. What? Um, <laughs> What's that size ten? <laughs> Bloody hell, I don't know about that. Taking him this long, Joss. It's, that's the amazing thing, isn't it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, fitness-wise, it's just been a struggle for the last few years. My shoulder. I've been playing since I was buddy 13. I'm 36 this year. I'm going to play with my mates, enjoy my cricket. It, it, I could have joined, I could have joined 
multiple clubs that I've enjoyed my cricket at, but Kun was where I started and my, my first real proper club that I've really loved playing for. And yeah, I'm just back back home, really. <laughs> Shoulder looked all right in the end on the green the other night, though, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> they were flowing. They were flowing. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be a great year. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think, yeah, sure. So you bring up a good point. You, you're going to be a big fish in Division One, and you're going to be a lot of people wanting to be your scalp. And with the standard of players who are moving into Division One this season, there's also, you know, there's a lot more chat in Division One than there used to be. And it's, uh, I know, I know you love it. I know. <laughs> Not official. I'm not a fish, I'm a whale. <laughs> but, you know, there's going to be a lot of people looking towards you, especially in that team. But even though you're not a paid player, you will have that kind of status of someone who is similar to being a, a paid player. But, um, yeah, Joss. And also, I mean, you're going to lose a lot of balls at Kuna, aren't you? With Zimmer, Zimmer and Conor Glendening's hitting and you're bowling. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right there. Um, Joe has put an off... Uh, uh, I think he's, he's put some money towards buying... 108 balls, something spares or something stupid like that. Um, so can we ask then the prediction for this year then, Andy? Uh, how many sixes are going to be scored at Kun this year? Well, with my bowling included a lot, <laughs> um, probably, probably can't count. The, I mean, Zimmer is an just a freak. I mean, his reverse sweep sixes. I'll tell you what, he'll score 20 plus reverse sweep sixes this year. That's what I'll say. Well, given the uh, acquisitions in the off-season, do you think we'll see more of Ed Davis and Craig Heath and all the other players who, you know, bit part players? Well, Craig Zimmer actually played quite a lot of games last season, but, like, you know, do you think that they'll be more regular? I didn't buy the VW uh, T5 not to fit six of my best mates in the the van on a Saturday. So uh, I hope so, mate. I I do hope so. I mean, it, I that's think, what you're looking for, I police, think, on a Saturday, uh, <laughs> Saturday yeah. evening. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that why you signed Andy to be the taxi driver? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did that, I did that at shift. I did work. Um, to, to be to be fair, like I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm looking to enjoy my cricket. It it's going to be. I've never played ever not to to win. So that's that's the main aim to win to win games of cricket. But just playing my friends every week, like it's going to be it's going to be amazing. And I tell you what. If if I we're there, we're signing all, all our mates. Surely there's some lads want to play with Jimmy Shaw on a Saturday, oh, <laughs> mate. Honestly, Sentinel, it really is the place to be, lads. Just remember that. It is, it is. <laughs> Have you got a team that you're looking forward to playing the most? Oh God, that's a great question because there's a lot of new clubs in there. The likes of Chirk. I've been, I played at Chirk before, but not on a Saturday. Um, obviously, Forton have come up Ellesmere. I've never played Chelmarsh on a, on a Saturday. Well, you won't be, mate. Fun, <laughs> you won't be next season. All their players. You'll be play- <laughs> playing with most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chelmarsh. Oh. It's not a laughing matter. Um, but um, yeah. No, I, I, I think I am. I'm looking forward to playing at probably all the grounds that I haven't played at for a number of years because I played at most of them. So. Are there any, are there any players that you're looking forward to? Players that you've heard about that you know, you're looking forward to playing against this year, Andy? Well, if the rumours are true, and Bomer in uh, Newtown have sound a couple of big fish. Oh, don't don't go don't go for those yet. We'll come on to those in a minute. But players t- who have t- played in Division One. I'll tell you what, I've really enjoyed bowling at the Nets against Harry Bolland. He's he's a nice lad. He, he's he's good. He's a busy boy. He's a busy what what name lad you call busy at cricket. He just loves it. He's always there. Just and a badger. He's a badger. Yeah. yeah. And I just I I'd love to get him out. He said to me, he goes, "Oh, I'm not looking forward to playing you first game of season." I was like, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing you. I'll nick you off." Nah, but he's he, honestly, he's a real nice lad. I really enjoy enjoying the nets with him. So 
yeah hopefully bring it on harry i'm having you sorry for the weird audio then i just played a bit of keyboards and was pressing the wrong ones for a few seconds so it went in and out um but yeah there's talking of that there's been some serious transfer rumors going around the big rumors coming out are um coming from newtown and bowmere andy well it's obviously not been confirmed yet um <laughs> I, I have text people asking for confirmation of players because we don't want to spread rumours. But there is rumours that, that one Ryan Lockley might be going to Boma and uh, one Dave Laird might be going to Newtown. I think if them if both clubs do sign them players, that that's absolutely phenomenal and amazing for Division One. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'll be very surprised. I think they're both a hell of a lot younger than me and got a lot more to give to to say Birmingham League standard cricket. So. Um, but if they do come, wow! Like it's going to really, really help the league. I mean, it's going to be such a such a strong league this year. I guess for Lockers, he's got like a young family, hasn't he? He's got a couple kids and uh, wife, and probably wants to stay in Shropshire, stay closer to them. I guess would be the reasoning for him. Led, not so sure, but he does like do a couple seasons away, then comes back for a season at Newtown, then does a couple seasons away. Yeah. Um... I, I, David Led is Newtown, basically. That, that's his home club, isn't it? He seems to go back there and to and to to play with his brother as well as captain. I'm sure I'm sure that's an appeal. And good luck to him. Um, it makes me wonder what's going on at Bridge North, though. You know, leaking leaking two good players like that. Yeah. Ryan Lockley to Bomey is a strange one. I thought he was going to Beacon. Jamie Martindale said all those years ago he'd end up at Beacon. So I'm surprised he hasn't gone there. Yes, yeah, speaking to uh, Sam Whitney, he was saying that he's actually quite worried about their uh, third eleven moving forwards. Obviously, he didn't have the best of seasons last year, and now with the loss of players, and if they are rumored to be, tr- if the rumors are true and they are leaving, you know, you're going to lose players, and and potentially, yeah, that that could be a worry for Bridge North. You're correct there, uh, Joss. Yeah, well, I, what Joss has just said really about Bridge North, it, it's it's frightening really what losing first team members can do to a can do to a club really charlie rogers moving on young lad loads of potential you know first team player at bridge north you got um obviously simo has gone back to wellington i don't know if you know that simo's gone back to wellington he's uh he was captain last year and i've heard um obviously if 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 lady and lockley go um I, i'm just trying to think there's another one uh, sam Bohr, um I've heard is potentially moving on maybe to Staffordshire. And I mean, that's... that's Policeman, that's, isn't he? So I guess yeah. it's probably to do with but his that's, job. That's five youngsters all left the club in one season. Uh, it's just it's just huge. And to hear Matt Martin, fair play to him, mate. Hats off to you. You're going to have a tough job this year, obviously, if they, if, if unless unless you recruit really well. And I hope you do. Um, but it, it's going to be... It sounds like it's going to be a real tough season. And not just for the first team, it's going to be all of them. And uh, let's just hope they can get back on their feet and, you know, and bring through a few good youngsters maybe this year. Give them a chance. Yeah, um, we did ask for your transfer rumours as well today. And we got one in from Sam Whitney. And he said, uh, room has its sight screen from Bridge North. It's just signed for a team in Div 3 for 25 quid a game and free travel. Is it black and white? Is it reversible? Because that's, <laughs> that's worth 25 quid a week, mate. More quite, than 25 yeah. quid. They're bloody expensive, they are. Jim, were you on the, the case of the sight screen? How, did they want too much money? <laughs> yeah, I thought it sounded like an absolute bargain to me. <laughs> Sam, if you could uh, send me his details and we'll sign him for Sensor, that'd be great. <laughs> 
but yeah, worrying times potentially for Bridge North. Um, but some good moves in in, in Division One. And uh, big question is the Prem. And we had one question come in from Luke Miles, and he said, uh, Jimmy, he said, in your opinion, who has the strongest batting unit and strongest bowling unit in the, the Shropshire Prem? Oh, cheers, Luke. Um, I think the strongest batting lineup, uh, I have to say, in the last couple of years, I've never taken wickets against Whitchurch. Uh, it always seems to go for absolute miles there. And I got hit for the biggest six of my life against Whitchurch at Sentinel. I think I'm still on Sundown Road. <laughs> Bowling-wise, I have to say, I'd probably go back to Ludlow uh, with Joe Williams and, and Luke yourself. You, you sort of tie down those middle overs and you, you, you find it, you, I do find it difficult to score runs against in the, in those middle overs to score. But uh, but yeah, I'd probably say Whitchurch. Whitchurch is a batting lineup. That yeah, I always find them difficult. Good good players, sort of dig in, uh, and uh, and they've always been a bogey team for me at Sentinel. I don't think throughout the time I think we've had one win out of six since I've played there, and and, and same with Ludlow. I think we've probably won more than we lost, but in terms of the actual bowling side, those middle overs that they bowl at yeah, it, it's hard work. Those would be my two teams. I think he's. I think he's absolutely nailed it there. I think Whitchurch's depth depth with batting, obviously, but losing Mike Robinson's going to be a big loss this year. Um, but I think their depth in batting has always been very strong. And Ludlow, I've, I've got to say, like to play them away from home, so hard, especially the middle overs. You say playing against them in the past, they just got so much so much bowling, haven't they? And they just suit their their home pitch, don't they? But I think with that as well, you know what it's like batting those middle overs, even if they bring back a, a seamer. Uh, a, a good mate of mine, Sparrow, uh, Will Sparrow, I think a, a good cricketer standing up to the stumps. I, I find that really hard work that, that you are in your crease the whole time. And, the, and I think we'll be the first to admit it, chirping away at you the whole time that you're batting. Uh, it, it is tiring, isn't it, at a certain point? So, so he I, gets good reviews for that as well, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played against hey, him. But, just, but everyone always has such good words to say about his sledging. Just remember, he's a friend of the podcast. He's a, <laughs> he's a star. He did come here and sit in this chair. He's a, he's a top player. I actually really like Will Sparrow, but we've had some run-ins in the past. That's why he's, I'm saying it's positive reviews, mate. That's all. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got to be on this show. <laughs> Next question uh, comes from Don Bradburn, who says, uh, who are your top three favourite players? Players in the Sentinel dressing room and why? Brad, is, that is a super question. Um, I, I've got to start off with Mal Serplit, an absolute legend of the game. Uh, it made me feel so welcome and actually uh, took cricket back to, to what it should be, that you play there, you play with your mates and, and when you win a game, I think that the culture of the boys winning the game and playing the team song as soon as you finish... You, you can't get better than that. So Mal Serplet, number one, I think if it wasn't Freddie Ashlin, I wouldn't have signed at Sentinel. Uh, so he's been a super chap. And if we can call it, if he's still at the club, George Cheshire. Uh, George has been, a, uh, I have to say, he's been an absolute brother to me since I've signed at the club. Uh, so so those would be the top three players for me, absolute legends. But but there's not one bloke that you think, oh, I can't, I don't, I'm not, not looking forward to seeing. They, they are all absolute champions of the club and uh, on that one I suppose uh, for a paid partnership with you Nick Binnersley uh, I'm looking forward to my next uh, kind of carling with you but <laughs> but Binners uh, yeah is the team manager what more could you want but it's a super club but yeah Mal, Ed and George uh, cracking chaps yeah. Talking of the divisions 
since we've been away, there's been loads happening and we don't really have time to go through them all. So we'll hopefully do some more podcasts between now and this time next year. There's, um, a pre- <laughs> there's surely a preview coming up. Yeah, there. yeah, there's got to be a preview. Do I have to organise that as well? Yeah, please, mate. That's, right, well that's, this is now your job. Um, but Joss, we've had a, a bit of a, a rejig with the leagues. Obviously, well, the divisions, sorry, in the league because um, I will get told off for that. But um yeah, so originally, uh, four teams went up pretty much. So we had two teams go up to the Prem, uh, Frankton and Allscott, Newport, first 11, the only team to come down. Um, Chelmarsh, Ellesmere and Fortin originally went up, replacing Wellington, second 11, original second 11. But given everything that's changed, uh, Wellington, second 11 have regained their place. Um, because of that, um, we had Brosley, Column, Quat, and Monty, who came up from Division Three, replacing Wellington Threes and Ponsbury Ones. Wellington Threes didn't finish in the bottom two of Division Two, but because of the fact that their twos got relegated into Division Two, they then got pushed down because you can't have two sides from the same club in the division. Because Wellington Twos have gone back up, that means that Wellington Threes have come back up, and now Division Three this season will only have 11 teams and each team will have a bye in the game that they would have played against Wellington Threes. Um, I've probably got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was what it was because I haven't got it written down in front of me. But um, in Division 3, Ponsbury Wands came down. Uh, the teams to come up, Wheaton, Aston, first 11, Gillsfield, first 11, Witchert, second 11, Newport, second 11. Two went down from Division 3, into Division 4 were Wem 2nd 11 and Maidley 2nd 11. Four came up into Division 4, which were Church Stratton 1st 11, Newtown 2nd 11, Priorsley and Lanny. So good decisions there all round. We'll leave it at that because the rest is for the extra show. Um, but plenty of time to discuss things like that. But overall, guys, um, very positive and uh, the right decision. And I, from what I think anyway, I think the divisions, as they are, have kind of worked out correctly. Um, we'll start with Joss. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really follow what you said there. It was all too quick and I haven't really looked in detail. But I must say my thank you to the league for... First of all, sorting everything out and then having to resort everything out once once Chelmarsh had uh, unfortunately gone through what they'd gone through. They had to... Someone's after a batting award next season. <laughs> I should get one for last season, to be fair. <laughs> but I didn't. Um, anyway, enough of that. Let's move on. <laughs> um, no, seriously, you know, they've done a grand job. They, they, they had to reshuffle everything. Um, I think it's right that Wellington, you know, it was pretty harsh on Wellington seconds to be relegated because they've been in the same division as their thirds. But, um, and I'm glad that hasn't transpired, but um, yeah, I, I think they've done a good job. Yeah. Before someone picks me up on it, it's Wellington threes. who got relegated because of the twos. Sorry. sorry yeah, it's yeah, all right. Yeah. It's all right. Because uh, the only reason I say it is because I will get someone, even though it's quite obvious what mistake you've made, we always get someone who will message and go, I think you meant this. It's like, well, yes, obviously. We apologise. We apologise. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's good that Wellington 3s uh, have been reinstated because it was tough. And also with how it was before, like we said, I think we said on other podcasts that they might decide to keep yeah. them, especially with their ones going into the Birmingham League and their ones are going to be recruiting. It probably mean that their 2s and 3s um will get stronger but you never know because with Wellington as well it goes back to kind of a bit what Jimmy was saying earlier they've got a lot of talented 
young players who might find themselves in in the threes and the fours or maybe even in the twos who might think to themselves I deserve they want to have that you know play for a first team no matter where it is you know like places like Maidley St George's places like that you know where you know you've seen other Wellington youngsters go so you never quite know Jim no I think that's I'd say hats off to Wellington to get promoted last year but I think one of the reasons why they have done so well as they have I think Dan Lloyd's been a super captain for them, but actually the step up between their seconds, their thirds actually hasn't been that much of a major gap. You look at the Shropshire Prem, even the Birmingham League between some first teams and their second teams, you're talking four or five different leagues through that. And so so actually hats off to, to Wellington, the club that they've built there. They've got their Sunday fifth or sixth 11 there. Um, but also between their seconds and their ones, in the grand scheme of things, you're only talking two leagues rather than potentially five or six. So, so I have to say hats off to Wellington to what they've done there, I think is, a, a real testament to their junior section and to them as a club. Completely agree, and I think that they're the biggest uh, the biggest benefactors in the fact that Chelmarsh Marsh have gone down the league. And I know it's horrible, but Wellington being reinstated in Division One is is huge because we were talking before uh, about the step up to Birmingham League, and of course. I know it's a Shropshire League podcast, but we all want our Shropshire clubs to do as well as they can and thrive in the Birmingham League, don't we? Birmingham League Division 2 is looking like Shropshire. Yeah. It, well, it is, <laughs> it, is, it is. But we hopefully, you know, I really want clubs like Shrewsbury and Shifnal, um, especially like, because I've got a lot of friends there, to go back up, up there. Even, I know Wurfield and Bridge North, I don't want to leave them out. Um, I want them all to flourish and do well and go into Division 1 again next year. But um, for, for Wellington, I think the fact that their team are back in Division 1 it does help their club really because the step up from Division One to Division Two Birmingham is absolutely massive, and I think that's where Shrewsbury will benefit more because they're in the Prem. But for Wellington, it's huge, and I think it'll attract more players. I really do. I think they've got a good chance now, a little window before the season, to maybe attract some more youngsters from around the county. I know it's very early on, and there's not been many. Uh transfers coming in yet and with time to come there'll be more getting announced because I'm sure some teams are trying to keep some under there until they fully go over the line um, but Jimmy uh, who do you think are going to be the biggest challenges in the Prem this season? In the Shropshire the Prem it all goes back to uh, to Andy's comments of the bridesmaids I think Quat will always be there or thereabouts I think Whitchurch will be there or thereabouts I think their bowling attack is a, is a it, it, they are hard work to play against. Um, uh, but those are probably my two teams that I would say, Whitchurch and Quat, uh, that they'll be the two teams that will contend for it. And Andy, what are your thoughts on Old Scott Heath, uh, a side who got promoted out of Division 1 but have lost a sheesh a sheesh? At this moment of speaking, uh, no Carl Starling as he's yet to uh, turn back on his post-season retirement. Obviously, it's going to be a, a tough season for Allscott this season, but obviously they're obviously probably hoping to recruit with the new pavilion. Uh, it's looking lovely. He drove past it a few times, but to lose a sheesh, a sheesh is is a big loss. Um, and I, I have heard their overseas is going to be very very good this year, but losing the likes of Carl, who's been a stalwart for many years, um, you know, someone that probably could have progressed himself to a to a higher level in the past, but committed himself to the club. Um, it, it's a massive loss, and uh, you know I I'm slightly worried for him. I think the Prem's such a such a good league, and you do see a lot of clubs yo-yoing. Um, 
especially like Allscoot, but maybe this is a time where Allscoot can get themselves in there and then, you know, push themselves further forward. But I think they do need to sign, you know, three, four players and, and progress a bit because they've got a lot of stalwarts in the club that still play that maybe are on the back end of their career and that's no disrespect to them. Yeah. So, Jimmy, final question before we round this podcast up and go to listener questions. Any early predictions from you in regards to the Prem? Any standout players, anyone that we should be looking out for? Well, of course, early I'm going to say, since I'm going to win the league, I'll put my uh, life savings on that one. <laughs> um, who, who are we looking, who, who's going to be the top players? I think you look, always look at Quat, Ryan Weldon's always going to be there or thereabouts in terms of runs and, and, and wickets. Um uh, do you know what? I think the league has got has continued to get better over the last three or four years as more clubs are starting to cement their place. Uh, and so actually, I think this will be the strongest year for the league because I think that, and I really mean this, and that everyone has the possibility to win the league, but also everyone has the possibility to potentially go down. But I think that is a testament to what the league has done in making the second teams come up to these. Um, so so I, I really do, in my political answer, it really is anyone's league. There's not one team that I think is going to stand out and go and win it. When you say it's a stronger league, in what way? Do you think that more teams have got more strength in depth or do you think that the actual standout players are more standout? I think it's a mix of both. I think that your standout players now are actually starting to step up and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. They've had two or three years within that league to sort of cement themselves and say, right, actually, you know what? I've got two or three years behind myself sort of scoring X amount of runs, taking out X, uh, X amount of wickets. Um, but I also think with, with the Prem teams, they are starting to get more... Uh, go back to Sensor, they've got four teams behind them. You actually look at the Prem sides now, they've got three or four teams that support that. And and so the big, the, the bigger that your club you are, the bigger your player base, I think that the more opportunity you have to succeed because you've got the, you've got the player backing to go with that. Um, so, so I really actually believe that this year is anybody's league to take. I, I don't think there's one team that I'm, that I'm going to play against this year. And I think, oh. We, that's a dead cert because all these teams have actually got a, an opportunity to beat every every other team in the league. Yeah, for many years, uh, Andy used to say, if you've got left arm spinners, you'll have a good chance in the Prem. Now, Sentinel, obviously, last season had pretty much nothing but spinners. What do you think is the key to having a good season in the Prem in 2024? I think it's consistency across the board. I think you need to have one batter that is going to score in plus of five, 600 runs. And that has come from your top four player. If you don't have that, then you're never going to, you're never going to have that base to go from. Uh, and, and you're going to need that one bowler that will consistently bowl you. And especially in the wide ball cricket, you look at that, how, and I think this has been a fantastic thing for the Shropshire League because you need to get your, your 10 bowlers in there. But the wide ball cricket, it does make you have to have at least six, six bowlers within that. So it's, it's having that extra bowlers go through, uh, uh, and just give you that extra bowling option. But uh, but yeah, sorry, in a roundabout way, what do you need? You need to have one batter or two batters going to score 600 plus runs to give you the consistency. And you're going to need to have that bowler or two bowlers that will bowl you 10 overs, two for 30 every single week. Do you think there's a side who are particularly the best at red ball and then another side who are the best at white ball in the Prem? 
Uh, I think looking back at it last year, I, I, I would say when that came down from, from the Birmingham League, I thought they were a fantastic white ball side because they have played white ball cricket for a season and every single person knew exactly what their role was, whether that be someone bowling six overs a, a match, right, that is your role within the team. The red ball stuff, I say Whitchurch are a very good red ball cricket side because they've got bowlers that can bowl 15 overs a side. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I think it probably goes back to those two teams that that are that will be the hardest teams to beat this year and obviously pink ball cricket coming into division one and uh andy what a what a change that is and uh what actually first of all joss what are your thoughts on pink ball cricket coming into division one a positive move for the league yeah i think it can only be a good thing really um just for whoever goes up they, they need to be prepared for it really so yeah Good move, I think. Do you, do you think, and this is a bit speculative, um, and again on no knowledge or anything whatsoever, but do you think that we could start seeing pink ball cricket slowly implemented down the leagues, as Division Two, Three, Four, Five? Um, well, I think we've spoken about this before. I'd like it to be optional before it's enforced, because you know there's clubs in lower divisions that perhaps haven't got the financial constraints to be able to, to be able to do that but give the give them the option i think and yeah no harm in that at all so on, on that one early though whether it's white ball cricket or red ball cricket whatever it is i think it's more of an inclusive game mm-hmm. um that you had then have to have players that will you have to have what five bowlers that will bowl you 10 overs with your red ball cricket certain teams could hide within that and and i'd say i've, I've been, had the opportunity at central to bowl 15 overs a time and it's been great for me, but other people are paying their memberships, they're yeah. playing their match fee. What have they gone out of that game? And so actually the format of the game, I think that should be a move that 10 overs per bowler makes it more inclusive because more people, more players have to get involved within the game. And also you think about it from when you talk about an inclusivity point of view as well, for people taking up the game, probably a lot easier because everyone has coloured clothes, whereas not necessarily everyone has a full kit of whites and, you know, the rush up to Sports Direct before a game or anything like that. It might might be a bit easier. But Andy, uh, Division 1 colours and colour cricket. I'm a massive advocate for it. Um, I do completely agree with what Jimmy said. Um, I, I, I just feel that white ball cricket is just a different element. It brings a bit more fun to cricket and gives people more opportunity where, you know, you're looking back in the day when people used to bowl 25 overs each from each end every week. I, I still look at that now and I just think when you're talking to especially bowlers like Chris Beak and Shano and they're talking about 25 overs a week, well, what are the rest of them doing? You know, I wouldn't want to be there. I'd have, I'd have, I would probably have sacked in cricket. Um, so I, I just think it brings a different element into it. And I, I've got to be honest, the, the coloured kit and all that, I, I know it's an expense and I completely understand, obviously... I respect what Josh just said, and I've always been like that. Lower league cricket, maybe clubs don't want to spend the money and uh, and have coloured kit, and that's a, a why I think they're starting to bring this pink ball in. It's going to be very interesting to see what it's like in Shropshire cricket to see if the pink ball's any good. From experience, the, the white ball's very good, um, but again, it, it's completely different to the to the red ball. You've got bowlers that hoop that red ball miles, the white ball doesn't do as much. It's, it's enough a challenge, and I, I think that's what's so good about cricket now. 
and with Shropshire cricket, fair play to the the board in bringing these rules in and bringing pink ball in because it just just makes cricket more exciting for me. It's changed over the years, and it's it's a good change. Okay, let's finish it off with some uh, listener questions and transfer rumours. So, first transfer rumour comes from Matt Hartshorn. He said, uh, hearing Gabriel Williams is going to come third eleven. I don't think so, mate. He's one of them lads we're looking to progress and uh, get into the ones. and uh, and Well, not get into the ones, he is in the ones, but uh, get him uh, playing better cricket. So, Matt, um, enjoy yourself in division. What's he in? <laughs> Uh, what what league of Ponts been do we know? Uh, Division three yeah. or two or M- Matt doesn't play these days, anyway, does he? No, I think Any, play- anyone's I'm sorry, do. Matt, but that's the same question as last year, mate. You're boring. <laughs> uh, next question. You told me. <laughs> you sat, sat there going, "Fucking hell!" Man. <laughs> He's actually our friend. He's our friend. <laughs> um, and next one comes from Tom Duddleston. He says, any rumours in hearing that Kuns are going to be starting a fourth 11? Uh, well, Pud, do you want to come in as a recruitment officer? Because you're fucking good at it, mate. <laughs> you send about 5,000 messages a year. Shory, has Tom Duddleston ever asked you to play for Pontsbury? Uh I have had the message. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes! But, but also, uh, so, hi James, you, uh, passage, have, you got, have you got any students that want to play for, from Recon College that want to play for Ponsbury? So, uh, you uh, sorry, Ty. <laughs> you should have an award, mate, because he's such a legend. <laughs> Everyone loves him. He sends Everyone that lovely loves. message out. I get embarrassed when I don't get asked. <laughs> every, every club should have a Thomas Duddleston. Anyway, um, Brad Thornton asks, Jimmy, how much do you get, pay- how much do you pay the umpires before every game oh with all my sweet talk bradders that's the uh every umpire's lost three stone before i see them so. <laughs> some more bridge north rumor chaps we've got one in from ben hallam who says seb scott to anyone that offers him a bit of coin um and then we have got a question from a stew pen 87 who says ask jimmy his favorite fellow shropshire schools cricket teacher Stu Penrose, that has to be number one from Morton Hall. Absolute legend. Sam Whitney asks, talk us through how you make a cup of tea. Is it true you go milk first? Absolutely, the rumour is true. It goes a little dash of milk first and then uh, hot water after that. And I can guarantee anybody that I make the best cup of tea on the circuit. Coffee coffee with milk first, but I've never had tea with milk first. Milk first every single time. Hang on, hang on. So the tea bag's in. Tea bag's in. Then the milk's in. Yeah. Before the hot water's touched it. Absolutely. Fucking wrong, mate. Honestly, <laughs> Joss, we'll make two cups of tea and you'll pick mine as the absolute best. I'm not, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, the amount of times my front pad's been blown off, I've made plenty of cup of teas. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so that is the Jay Shaw promise. Milk first, you think, yes, that is the one. I, I have heard, I have heard Jimmy Shaw's pretty good at French cricket. That's what I think. That's the rumour. That's the rumour. Yeah, send your complaints into Jimmy Shaw at gmail.com. <laughs> anyway, um, talking of which, we have a question for. Kirsty Davis staying on the school's theme she says uh, how should schools be continuing to encourage girls to play cricket 
Uh, that's a great question, Kirsty. So, so for me, for what we try and do at Reed, can we just try and provide <coughs> opportunity for every student from from when they're eleven up to eighteen? Uh, so, as part of that, as their games program, they will have at least a minimum of one session of cricket throughout the summer term. Uh, and we we're trying to build our fixture list, and it goes back to to our mate Stu Penrose and Morton Hall have been a great great. Uh, school for us to play against because they are providing us fixtures and it, uh, going back to throughout what we said throughout the whole night uh, it providing people the opportunity to play uh, and and so for us that is the the way forward. Have you um, have, have schools ever looked at actually asking like cricket clubs if they could play uh, women's cricket? Uh, against school or is there anything like that going on? It's not something that we, we've we looked at at this stage. I think it's definitely a conversation moving forward. I think we need we do need to build the player base first before before we look at doing something like that. But definitely in the future, I think it's a great opportunity. Talking of uh, women and girls cricket uh, in Shrewsbury, Lara Jones and Robin Matthews are starting up their own Shrewsbury-based uh, women's and girls cricket side because... Previously, it's been Werfield and Quat being the two main sides, but the Robin and Lara have broken away and they're going to be called the Sapphires, I believe. And they're going to play out of Alberbury Cricket Club. And uh, they're also going to play out of a couple other sides as well. I think probably Sentinel, probably one of the other yeah. grounds where they'll play out as well. But yeah, really positive strides for cricket in Shrewsbury. And obviously Shropshire getting more sides who are going to be playing competitive women and girls cricket. Yeah, I, th I think it's a good move. I think Lara and Robin and the likes of those were, were having to travel to Werfield, I think, to pl to play women's cricket, which is quite a hike. So I don't blame them. You know, they they've set up a Shropshire shop, shop team, and by all accounts, they're going to be they're going to be very very good. I think I think they're going to be. Don't want me saying Andy the the women's equivalent of grasshoppers. I think they're going to be. They are. They're going to be very, very good, and I look forward to seeing their progress. Yeah, and uh, obviously, we something that we mentioned last season as well. They both captained sense. Well, one captain Sentinel, the other captain Dolbury in the game in Division Two last year, which was a fantastic moment for Shropshire cricket. Um, because we're running out of time, I'm having to move this on, unfortunately. But um, we've got another transfer rumor. I can't say who it's from, but he's saying Rafi Barty from Wellington Threes to Maidley Ones, and um, the next one comes from Jack Carter. He says, "Is the cricket knowledge up to the required standard for the pub quiz, Mister AC?" <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Um, yeah, of course it is. Put us in any pub quiz team. Ashes two thousand and five. I'm your guy. <laughs> is that? <laughs> Is that your what's that, what show is it when you have your own mastermind? Uh, mastermind. Yeah, yeah, that would be my yeah, topic. That would that or tipping point. That's yeah. If, 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 you, if you ever come on again, we're going to do a, a 2005 quiz, and you're going to have to nail it. Yeah, fantastic. You can't let us down. We're going to do it. Oh, well, I started, so I'll have to finish. Um, we're moving. <laughs> so uh, we then have a. Um, a flurry of questions from Mr. T. Shaw. I'm assuming that uh, this is your brother. Yeah, I think uh, Tom's been waiting for this for a long time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Starts off with, when did you realise you were a failed leg spinner? Uh, at 16. I, I bowled an over that went for probably about 25, including six no balls in that one. So, uh, so yeah, that was then. Despite having a net every day, why are you so bad against the short ball? I've just always bottled it. <laughs> Finally, he says, why do you always get out chipping it to point or mid-off? See, in my head, I play the perfect net shot and it's the pitch's fault. But <laughs> <laughs> And then I can walk off and say, oh, just out up in the pitch, lads. That's the <laughs> 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 so, 
next one he's next one he says is it true you now introduce yourself as the nicest bloke in Shropshire cricket uh, yeah I can confirm that <laughs> <laughs> that's exceptional <laughs> and he said uh, he said what made you take guard left handed and then bat right handed yeah it's actually quite a funny story that we were playing for for Schiffnall 2's I think it was one of the uh, the fag end games and uh I went out to bat and my brother was batting at the other end. We only needed two to win or something. So I thought I'd go out bat left, bat left handed. Oh, can I take uh, middle, please? Um, yeah, of course. They moved the field and uh, just before the bloke runs in, I turn around to bat right handed. And uh, yeah, from there, <laughs> I thought if there was never, uh, ever an opportunity to do that, that was then. So, <laughs> And final one comes from Sam Whitney. He says, uh, why is your front pad so much bigger than anyone else's? Uh, because I just love missing a straight ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, fantastic. And it's been great to finally have you on the podcast, Jimmy. And yeah, I definitely think we'll be having you on again. Well done. And in your new role as talent and acquisition, not only for Kund, but also for the podcast organizer in chief as well um, so hopefully if andy gets us into the uh, podcast studio again we'll be hopefully recording another one soon and jimmy you'll be very much invited to uh, more podcasts this season do we not think andy well it's been an absolute pleasure to have jimmy here to be fair he offered his services which is amazing uh, and anyone in Shropshire cricket that wants to offer their services you are more than welcome and yeah i will organize it from now on because hurley's useless Andy was talking about the podcast and not uh, Kund uh, this season. But anyway, Joss. Yeah, uh, great to hear Jimmy's insights. I think you've spoken really well, Jimmy. So thank you and best of luck with Central this year. Yeah, thank you very much, Jimmy. No, thank you ever so much for having me on, boys. I've absolutely loved it. So looking forward to next week already. <laughs> no, thank you, boys. Absolutely loved it. Thank you. You've been great having you on the podcast, Jimmy. And if you've made it this far, you might be interested in coming to Cow Corner Nets every Friday, eight until nine until uh, March when we go nine until 10 for the first three weeks of the year. But uh, make sure you get in contact with us um, to make sure that you get your space because we don't want to uh, basically oversell because you're only allowed so many per lane. Get in touch with us either through our DMs on Instagram or Twitter. Their Facebook page is no longer in our control. Unfortunately, as we said in the offseason, um, I got hacked basically and uh, that meant that I've lost all of my business pages for absolutely everything, uh, which as someone who's self-employed that's a pretty massive thing, which has also meant that unfortunately, everything apart from Cow Corner Nets has yeah, gone on the, on the back burner. Money from Nets, though, so <laughs> yeah. still a million there. Yeah, the problem is, is, as you know, Shrewsbury School want you to pay it up front so unfortunately, it's still well, not unfortunately, I've still enjoyed it. It's been quite nice given all the stress that's been going on has um they've had to carry on but yes um i've just about caught up with everything business wise um so it means that cow corner has been able to come back and is now back on track in some way shape or form um but yeah do not message our facebook group because while well, the facebook page i am still trying to talk with facebook to try and get it back but um it's pretty hard going um as they looked into the my new profile last time but anyway that's by the by but hopefully um when we get something new uh facebook wise we'll post that up and we'll still have it on our we'll post that up on our facebook and twitter but yeah thank you for your patience thank you for your support and um yeah, this won't be the last one and um, we'll be continuing and hopefully we'll be getting some more podcasts out soon. Anyway, 
once again, Jimmy, you've been absolutely fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure having you, Joss. It's been great being back with you and Andy. Um, and yeah, we're going for a net at uh, Shrewsbury School with the Cow Corner Nets. And anyway, everyone, until the next time, goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.